Oh yeah. What's up, Kyle? It's Griffin here. Um, I'm a host of the Doe and Elk Productions podcast. Some pretty good shit, man. I'm running right now, fucking sweating. It's a fucking beautiful day to be alive on this Monday. I got work in a couple hours. I work at a shitty mall, but I love fucking doing this podcast, and I really want to fucking help some people. Thank you, man. I love your shit, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Rock and roll. Thank you for sending that in, Griffin. If any of you want some audio played at the beginning of this show, you can click the Voice Memos app on your phone and record about 30 seconds of audio. Uh, let me know who you are, where you're tuning in from, something you're excited about these days, and email it to info at kyle.surf. That's info at kyle.surf. The Motherfucker Awards are coming up quickly. For those of you who don't know, I am producing a comedy awards show with my buddy Chris Ryan. He is a fellow podcaster, and we are celebrating the companies that have done the most to destroy Mother Earth. And we're getting a bunch of famous comedians to accept awards on their behalf. Hence the name, the Motherfucker Awards. You can go to themotherfuckerawards.com to get tickets for 15 bucks right now. Uh, the event is in LA on December 4th, and in two days, the tickets go up to 25 bucks, and they're selling fast, so I recommend that you get them now. Uh, we would love to meet you at the event, and uh, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a very good time. Other than that, uh, thank you to everyone who lets me know when something isn't working on the show. I had saw, uh, someone reach out to me on Instagram today and let me know that my site wasn't working. Um, and I never would have known without that message. So this is an open invitation to give me feedback on this show at any point. If something isn't working with the podcast, if I could streamline it a little bit better, um, I'm making this stuff for you. You out there, the invisible audience that I can't see or feel, but I know you're there. So I love getting the feedback. Um, it helps me make the show better. What else? Um, thank you to everyone who is an Amazon affiliate. Um, this show is ad-free, so one thing that you can do is either donate on Patreon, or if you don't want to do that, but you buy stuff on Amazon, you can go to my website, kyle.surf slash book club, and then bookmark the Amazon affiliate link. So what that does, it, it gives me a little percentage of anything that you buy on Amazon if you use that link. And it doesn't cost you anything. Um, and it, it allows me to make some extra cash and at no cost to you. So the Amazon affiliate link is great as well as Patreon. But I will not harp on because you have heard me talk about Patreon and donations quite enough. Um, and this is a short episode. This is an article that I wrote for Santa Cruz Waves magazine. They uh, are a magazine that I write a bi-monthly column for. And this one was on one of my favorite subjects, the medical application of psychedelics. Um, so without further ado, I hope that you enjoy this article by me. It's called High Hopes. Can Psychedelics Fix Our Mental Health Crisis? Tim Ferriss is not the type you will find tripping to a light show at a renegade party in the Redwoods or hula-hooping in Lighthouse Field. 
The scrupulous author cuts down intellectual laziness at the knees, and often professes that he is allergic to the holier-than-thou burner type. So it may come as some surprise that he recently donated $1 million to psychedelic research. His reasoning had little to do with a pseudo-spiritual reverence for tripping, and everything to do with healthcare, namely mental health. Our mental health system is badly broken, Michael Pollan told Ferris on his wildly popular podcast, The Tim Ferris Show. Pollan, named by Time magazine as one of the 100 most influential people in the world, recently released his latest number one New York Times bestseller, How to Change Your Mind, what the new science of psychedelics teaches us about consciousness, dying, addiction, depression, and transcendence. If you compare mental health to any other branch of medicine, mental health fails abysmally. It's remarkable what a pathetic track record it has. The fact is, rates of depression, suicide, and addiction are skyrocketing. So there's a real crisis. Recent research suggests that psychedelics have promising potential for addressing this crisis. A John Hopkins study published in the Journal of Psychopharmacology, for instance, shows that psilocybin, the psychedelic compound in magic mushrooms, helped a group of heavy smokers quit with an 80% success rate and remain smoke-free for more than six months. After one year, the number fell to 67%, which is still uniquely high in the treatment of tobacco addiction. The most successful current treatment, the drug varinicillin, which reduces nicotine cravings, only has a 35% success rate. Another clinical trial conducted on participants who suffer from anxiety and depression showed that psilocybin mushrooms caused a statistically significant reduction in symptoms for roughly 80% of the patients, far more successful than the treatment effect that got antidepressants approved. As psychedelics become better studied, and findings like the two above examples raise their credibility, their therapeutic and medical use is becoming more normalized. One of the organizations at the forefront of this, Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, or MAPS, happens to be headquartered here in Santa Cruz. Using psychedelics is like learning to surf. If you're excited to learn and you hire an instructor to push you into some friendly waves, the risks are relatively low. If you venture into high seas alone and almost drown, however, that's on you. Unfortunately, most people don't give the ocean or psychedelics the respect that they deserve. To counter this, therapeutic psychedelic sessions are overseen by a trained guide. I consider myself a real right-wing psychedelic researcher, Dr. Jim Fadiman chuckles as I interview him for my podcast, The 79-year-old author of The Psychedelic Explorer's Guide, Safe, Therapeutic, and Sacred Journeys, is considered one of America's wisest and most respected authorities on psychedelic studies. Although psychedelics are non-addictive and have almost no biological effect, having a quote-unquote bad trip can be a terrifying experience, and Fadiman underscores the importance of safety. I recommend that people treat a psychedelic experience like they're psyching up for an athletic event, says Fadiman. There's no one single way to do that, but it means that you take the event seriously. He encourages people to think about mindset, setting, guidance, and integration. Mindset, what's your mentality? Setting, are you in a comfortable space where you're not likely to be disturbed for the next few hours? Guidance, is someone you trust with you? Integration, are you giving yourself plenty of time after the experience to journal about what you learned and integrate it into your life? 
dose also plays a significant factor. Over the past few years, Fadiman has focused on a subcategory of research called microdosing, taking one-tenth to one-twentieth of a full dose. Aspirin is available at a dose of 325 milligrams, which is good for headaches and being sore, Fadiman explains to me. It turns out that if you take 80 milligrams, it doesn't affect headaches, but it might just keep you from dying of a heart attack. It makes your blood thinner and less likely to clot, and it's a whole different universe. So the exciting, high-dose, far-out research is going on beautifully with post-traumatic stress disorders and alcoholism and so forth. And then quietly, like Frodo in Lord of the Rings, some people are microdosing, and they're not doing anything interesting that you would notice. They're still delivering groceries and writing computer code and gardening and raising children and being Air Force mechanics— But they're doing it a little better, a little more gently, and a number of them are getting over depression and migraines. It's as if psychedelics now has this dull cousin, who shows up at parties and doesn't say much and goes home, but you notice that they always leave the house cleaner. Microdosing has become a buzzy trend in recent years, particularly in Silicon Valley and creative circles. Its growing popularity, however, is limited by LSD's legal status, which is the same problem curbing access and scientific progress for all psychedelics. Right now in the United States, psilocybin mushrooms and LSD are classified as Schedule I drugs, which, by definition, means that they have no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse, both of which research suggests are untrue. Meanwhile, in countries like the Netherlands, Portugal, and Brazil, psychedelics are legal. As a whole, society looks at risk irrationally. We are terrified of being attacked by a shark, but have no problem texting while driving to the beach. Similarly, many people are still terrified of psychedelics, but take antidepressants without giving it a second thought. Let's just say you have psilocybin mushrooms available at Walgreens a few years from now, Tim Ferriss commented on his show. You pick up your little white bag with the pharmacist's directions and warnings on the side, and compared to just about anything else to date, the risk profile is lower. If the FDA looks at phase 3 trials of psychedelics and approves them for medical use, the DEA will also need to reschedule the drugs. With the current war on marijuana led by Attorney General Jeff Sessions, psychedelic legalization could be stifled despite the science. That said, the medical application of psychedelics is one of the few bipartisan issues today where a combat soldier with PTSD, a corporate executive with acute anxiety, and a mother with depression can stand arm in arm on Capitol Hill and demand that laws change. As I write these words, it is difficult for me not to become overwhelmed with exuberance about the current renaissance. This, however, is precisely what Michael Pollan cautions against. In the 1960s, a charismatic psychology professor named Timothy Leary proposed that psychedelics be used to treat not just individuals, but society as a whole. Whether or not he was joking, he suggested that LSD should be put in the water supply. Leary never made good on the proposal, but it did earn him the title of the most dangerous man in America by Richard Nixon, and resulted in the federal government banning psychedelics in a mad panic. Many blame Leary for nearly 50 years of halted research. Today, the science, the funding, and the media are converging in a special way. 
The question is, will we muster the maturity to no longer talk about psychedelics as terrified children or as lax hippies, but as citizens who care about the future of mental health in America? As Pollan closed his interview with Ferris, he warned, carelessness is the great threat. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, that was an article that I wrote for Santa Cruz Waves magazine. I posted the article on my blog, kyle.surf slash blog, if you want to read it there. You can also pick up a physical copy if you are anywhere in Santa Cruz. Uh, the magazine is at most businesses around town. I'm going to play out the song by a woman named Daniela Smith, and this song is called So Good. I will link to her band page in the show notes as well as on my website, kyle.surf slash podcast. If you're a musician, you can email me music by emailing info at kyle.surf. That's also where you can send me those groovy voice memos that I love getting from you. Finally, this is an ad-free podcast, so if you can donate even just five bucks a month, uh, click the link below this podcast where I wrote, buy me a cup of coffee on Patreon. Super simple way to support the podcast every month. If you can't, please don't stress. Um, Just keep listening. Share the show with a friend. Give it a rating on iTunes. And uh, if you buy stuff on Amazon, please use that link. You can do that by clicking kyle.surf slash book club. Um, Other than that, I hope to see you on December 4th for the Motherfucker Awards. I will uh, put a link to the website in the show notes as well, or you can just go to themotherfuckerawards.com. With that, I hope that you all have a beautiful day. Hope you're all getting waves, and uh, here you go. The song is called So Good by Daniela Smith. I can see you from across the room And you shine like the sea is blue Can't hear the words you say But your lips, they wanna play And you're looking so good And you're looking like you love me too And you're looking so fine And if you want to, I'm not gonna lie I'll show you
Shalom.